Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. All right. Good morning, everyone. Hey, listen, there are two people on screen on camera right now, and I'm hoping that you guys will come off camera so that I can see you. Otherwise, I'll just be presenting to Lisa. And uh, I I love Lisa, um, but she doesn't need this as much as you guys do. And I need to see you. Hey, there's um, how do you say your name? Angela. Oh, it's just Angela. It's just spelled interestingly. Hi, Angela. Good morning. Good morning. I am Tara. Um, I'm Tara Roy, and I am um, p- part of EXP, and I'm in Pennsylvania, um, realtor just like you. So, uh, good morning. Good morning. And anyone else that wants to come off of mute or off of the camera or show us shows her face, I would be so happy. There's another one. Hey, Jess. How are you? I recognize your face for sure, for sure. All right. So today, guys, I am going to be talking about a strategy that has been super helpful in winning bids when you have a multiple offer situation. So I learned this from a a realtor friend of mine out in Arizona and have been putting it into practice. And I don't know. I know the market is shifting in some areas. Um, My area is still very, very competitive here in Southeastern Pennsylvania, actually I'm like the Middle Eastern Pennsylvania. Um, It is shifting across the country. I'm hearing from people, especially on the West Coast, Northwest, it tends to start there. The trends start to shift in the Northwest. It's not happening here yet. And I know other markets, it's not happening as well. But um, if if you're shifting in your market, you're not having multiple offer situations, tuck this in your pocket for when you do have a multiple offer situation because it's super helpful. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here with you guys. And we'll go ahead and get started. I'm going to go into present mode. So give it just a second here to load up. Thank you for your patience. All right. So a strategy to get offers accepted in a multiple offer situation. So I'm going to go ahead and go through my slides, going to go through my presentation, and then I will open it up for questions um, on the back end. Okay. So we'll do about 15 minutes presentation, 15 minutes questions. All right. So hopefully more of you will show your camera and I'll get involved in the question part. All right. Here we go. So First and foremost, I know that there are so many agents out there who will type up an offer, email it, you know, maybe text the agent and say, hey, did you get my offer? Um, and that's it. And they call it a day. So the first part of the strategy is simply picking up the phone and talking to the listing agent. Some of us don't do that. And it's super important. Relationship building when you are, especially in a multiple offer situation, is super important. So you want to make sure to always give the listing agent a call. And you want to discuss some of the, the pre-terms of an offer. You want to make sure that you're curtailing your offer specifically to what the seller's needs are. Now, I don't know about you, but in my market, Listing agents aren't necessarily great at putting in all of the information that one might need as a buyer's agent to make a good offer. They don't put in a time frame that the seller wants to sell in. They don't put in any kind of specifications that the seller might need. And the seller might actually have those things. And if you don't ask, you don't find out. 
And I can't tell you how many times before I started kind of really honing in on the strategy that I would be like, okay, I'm going to put an offer in and see what happens. And even if I do ask, they'll be like, they'll, they'll send back um, an email saying, oh, well, the seller doesn't want to close until 60, you know, 60 days instead of 45 days. It's like, why didn't you put that in the MLS, right? I'm sure you guys have all experienced that. So talking to the listing agent before you even start your offer is a super important way to A, figure out what the seller needs, but also start building a relationship with that other uh, agent, with the listing agent. So if you can build rapport, you're going to be memorable because if you are in a situation where there's 15 offers on the table and you're one of maybe two or three other agents who's actually calling and making yourself known to that listing agent, they're going to notice your offer when it comes through. They're going to be like, oh, I wonder what Tara sent through. She was so nice to me on the phone. So you definitely want to build that rapport. So questions to ask, when is the preferred settlement date for the seller? Because, you know, we all kind of do that 45, six weeks, you know, six weeks, 45 days is kind of the standard, at least in my market. But if they want to close sooner um, because of the house is vacant, that's always a great question. Um, or if they have if they have to buy a house before they're selling their house, like what are their plans? When, are, you know, when is their new construction going to be done? So you definitely want to ask those questions. Also want to ask, are there any fixtures that they'll be taking with them that aren't listed on the MLS because you want to make sure to put those in your contract as well. So just the general questions that you would think would be specified in the MLS oftentimes are not, etc. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> this is a huge part of the strategy is to submit your offer early. So if a highest and best is called, so say your highest and best is called on a Tuesday and you're seeing the property on a Saturday with your buyer and your buyer's like, I love this property. Well, you could wait until Tuesday at noon when the deadline is, but I highly recommend to a, talk to the listing agent after your, after your viewing, after showing, find out what the specifications are for the offer, but then submit that offer on Saturday night or Sunday. Submit it so that it's there early, okay? Because submitting an offer early, earlier than the deadline, um, you know, first of all, the seller can accept an offer whenever they want. They can call for highest and best, but an offer can come through that's too good to refuse and you will have missed it if you don't submit early. So that's one reason you want to submit early. But if you wait till the day of the deadline, um, you know, the property can already be under contract. But if you're submitting early, it shows how earnest your buyer wants the property. Okay, so it's showing, you know, an early submission is showing the earnestness, but also it gives you, it allows you to have time to change your offer. Okay, so the strategy here is submitting on Saturday night or Sunday if your deadline is Tuesday, because then Monday evening, you can call again and say, hey, where are you with your offers? Am I anywhere close to the highest and best, you know, and a lot of times they won't give you those answers, but at least you can kind of build that rapport. So after you submit your offer, if you're allowed to in your states, I've heard from some people that they're not allowed to do it in their area for the MLS or not allowed to do it in their state. I can do it here in Pennsylvania. Not sure if you can in your market, but have your lender call. It is so impressive when I'm a listing agent and I have, and it only happens maybe once in a blue moon where a lender will call me and tell me um, that they are the, the buyer that was submitted by my agent or their agent as a lender um, 
is a viable candidate. They have a good standing. Um, they have good standing. They're introducing themselves at the lender. They're showing that they're going to be easy to work with, that they are going to take care of their buyer. Um, it lets it lets the sellers know that the buyer's credentials are going to stand up to the offer. They're solid. They're going to be approved. They're going to get that. They're going to get the loan um, and they're going to follow through with the actual um, transaction. Can you quickly go over the loan terms? It's another way to let the listing agent know. So when you're submitting your offer, which I always suggest doing with a video introduction as well, so that once you call the listing agent, you then submit your offer with a video text saying, Hey, I'm, hey, Rebecca, I'm Tara. Um, we talked on the phone earlier. I'm an agent with EXP. I'm so happy to present my offer on behalf of my buyer, so-and-so. Um, here, I just wanted to quickly run down the credentials of the offer so that you could hear about them before actually opening up the offer documents. Um, we're, we're, we're offering this price. We're having this loan. We're having this many days for close. Just basically go through everything um, to introduce yourself and then have the lender call you as well they can re-go over those loan terms quickly so that they're hearing them again for the second time. And then, of course, that's making you stick in their mind, your buyer stick in their mind. It's also <clears throat> going over the terms again so they're, they're knowing what your offer is. And then let them, letting them know that the lending institution, so the mortgage company, is feeling very confident in the buyer's purchasing power for that property. So it's a really great way to solidify um, that you're united front with your lender and that this buyer is definitely qualified. Okay, And again, it shows how earnestly the buyer wants the property because the team that the buyer is working with is really putting it out there for, for them on their behalf. All right. So then what do you do after that? You call the listing agent again. You're making that second call because now you have the time to do it because you what you've submitted early, which was step number two. So ask the highest and best dead or as the highest and best deadline approaches, you want to call them again. You want to have another chance because if you don't ask and you just let your offer sit there, your offer might be fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth in the pile. You have no idea. But if you call and ask, um, you can find out some information. Now, most agents won't make this ask. They won't call and find out where they are in the pecking order of the multiple offers that have been accepted. So again, makes you stand out as a listing agent and also gets you information. Now, sometimes, sometimes listing agents will say, I can't tell you anything. I can't tell you. But if you take the time and effort, I can almost guarantee you, can't promise, but I can almost guarantee you that a listing agent is going to be like, well, you know what? She made the effort. Let me let me throw her a little bit of a bone. It might not be like, okay, the price is $4.56 and you have to beat that. It's not going to be that specific, but you're going to be able to gather a little bit of information and intel to maybe help you change your offers so that it rises to the top of the pile, okay? So here's what you're going to say. My buyer is super interested in the house. It's all they talk about. They we're so excited about this off. This is this is the one, right? This is the house that they want. And what do we need to do to get it? So I wanted to check in and see where you are with the other offers. Is our offer competitive? Where are we in the pile of 
multiple offers that you have. Are we towards the bottom? Are we in the middle? Are we at the top? What's it looking like? Now, again, they might not give you specific numbers. They probably shouldn't. It's it's not allowed in most associations to actually give that number, but they will probably give you a little hint like, uh, you've got a ways to go there, Tara. Like, pretty low. Like you got to come up significantly or, you know, I've been told by, and, and this has actually happened a couple of times this season. I, I texted a, a friend of mine who's a realtor and I'm like, listen, can you give me any information about, you know, is the, is the, is the seller allowing you to share any information about the offer so that I can be most competitive for my buyer? And she said, nope, I'm not sharing anything. I said, okay, I understand. No problem. Five minutes later, she goes, okay, well, if you want to know a little something, she's like, you're going to have to beat this number and you're going to have to give a little something special to the seller, which means transfer tax in my in my area. You have to pay the seller's portion of the transfer tax. That's giving like a little bonus to the seller. So I'm like, OK, let's do it. So it was super helpful just to have, you know, at first she said no, but then she was like, huh, she's asking. Let me let me see if I can throw her a bone. I promise you that that, you know, that, that definitely works. Um, okay. So is there anything more we can do, uh, to offer the seller to put our offer at the top of your pile? So again, you're kind of asking like, what can I do? Do I need to increase the price? Do I need to, you know, buy them a new Mercedes along with my offer? Like, what do I need to do? Okay. Maybe not that much, but what do I need to do in order to get our offer to the top of the pile? And is your seller, and this is a question I asked my, my colleague that I worked, I've worked with a lot in the past, and I didn't call her because we're texters, um, she and I, but however you feel comfortable, if you know the person already, you know, reach out to them as you can, but I definitely suggest a call um, and ask them, is your seller allowing you with offers in order to give the highest and best terms? How much info can you give me? And again, it might not give you a hard, fast number, but they might say, well, you're about $10,000 below what the, you know, even being in competition. So then, you know, okay, maybe I need to increase my offer by 15,000. So it will give you some information. All right. Um, combating objections. So again, sometimes they're going to be a little bit hesitant to give you any info because that information of the offers on the table clearly is confidential between the listing agent and the seller. And that is a confidence that we keep as realtors between. But if your seller gives you permission and your listing agent then you can you can talk about it freely. So it, it depends on your market again. In my market, you can. So I always ask my sellers when I'm listing, like, are you comfortable with me talking about the offers on the table in order to generate competition and in order to get you the best possible offer for, for the sale of your house? And generally, they're going to be like, well, yeah, I want you to get me the best offer. So go ahead and do what you need to do. So they're going to agree to it. Um, sometimes listing agents don't ask their clients that, and they don't know that they can ask their clients that. So they're very protective. Okay, so here's some ways to combat some of their objections. The listing agent says, I'm not allowed to share that information. Just get me your highest and best by the deadline. Sometimes I'll be like, stop bothering me. Like sometimes people will have that attitude, right? Well, you just charm them with your smile and keep, you know, smile into the phone and keep going. And you say, I understand that everyone thinks that they can't share that information, but if your seller gives you the permission, like, don't you want to work on behalf of your seller to get the highest and best offer? Um, you can share that information. Ooh, I have a typo. Ah, 
I don't like that. Don't look at my typo. Um, your job, you tell, you just kind of remind them like, hey, your job is to work on behalf of your seller to get the highest and best offer. And my job is to work on behalf of my buyer to get them the house they love. Can we work together on this? Can we be a united team on this to make both of our clients happy? You know, they, they'll see it and they'll be like, huh, maybe I can help this person a little bit along because they're so earnestly wanting this house and they're so formidable. They say they want to work together as a cohesive team. Like maybe, maybe I should throw them a bone. It definitely does work. It does help. All right. So then your fifth, your fifth step in this process is to resubmit your offer. After you've had that second call with your listing agent, now you know what you need to do to make your offer stronger. So based on the information that you found out during your conversations, during your, um, you know, your, your sleuthing and finding out more about, you know, what's on the table with other offers, you now have the chance because you've done it well before deadline to talk to your client and say, okay, I got some info, some Intel from the listing agent and we're way off. We're like, I think we're about 20 grand under. We need to, we need to step it up. If you don't have it, then we'll just, you know, we'll just leave it as it is. But it gives them the opportunity to be like, oh, well, maybe I can get a gift from my, you know, my mom or whatever it is. Um, maybe I can get a gift from someone. Maybe I can pull the funds out of my 401k that I didn't want to touch. But it gives them the opportunity to resubmit an offer um, before the highest and best deadline. So the process is you rewrite an offer a better with better terms um, on the intel you discovered in the last step when you talked to the listing agent for the second time. And then you send another video text with that offer, okay? You're showing them your face again. They're like, my gosh, I'm getting so much terror. Like, yes, I want to work with them. And here's what you say in the video text. Hi, it's me again, Tara from the XP. Um, based on our conversation regarding the multiple offers on the table, we would like to resubmit with a better offer in hopes that this will be the one that seals the deal for both of our clients. And I can't wait to work with you. Make sure you throw that in there. Brown knows them a little bit. Get them, get them excited to work with you. Okay. So the results, you have shown how earnestly your buyer wants the property in so many different ways by your touch points, by having your lender reach out, by sending a video text message with your both offers that you're putting in. Um, you've shown how hard you're going to work before the offer is even on the table. They're seeing what a great realtor you are just in the preliminary, um, you know, before the transaction is even happening, before the, the, the contract is signed and sealed. So listing agents are going to want to work with somebody like you on a transaction because they see that you're a hard worker and not lazy and not just, you know, emailing your, your uh, offer and kind of just forgetting about it and hoping to hear a few days later that they won the bid, right? So you're working earnestly for your buyer. Um, and you can rest assured that you worked as hard as possible for your buyer to win that offer. So you've done everything you can with this process to get them into the house. If this doesn't work, then this house was not meant to be. And you can feel very satisfied that you did your very darndest to get them into this house. So that is it. That is my presentation um, about how to a strategy to win offers in a multiple offer situation. Does anyone have any questions that they'd like to throw out there?
all my silent, silent observers. Scott. Okay, so we've got Angela. Angela, hi. Um, Brianna, is it Brenna? That's a pretty name. And Jean. Anyone have any questions? Anyone want to come off of mute and tell me what it's looking like in their markets? Are you still having multiple offer situations? Angela, what's it look like in your market? Hi, Tara. Hi. <laughs> no, no, no problem. Uh, I actually am not an agent. I work in Jesse, Jesse's organization. Oh, you do? I just, okay. Yeah, I just wanted to be a part of this. So. I didn't realize. Okay, sorry. sorry no, no, sorry. it's okay. It's okay. So we, have, so we have three other silent agents. All right, guys. Well, let me just, I'll just keep talking. I can, I can fill space until 1130. No problem. I can tell you about um, a listing that I had a few weeks ago. Um, like I said, my market is still really, really busy and we still have multiple offer situations. Um, I put a listing up in on the market um, on a Tuesday as a as a preliminary, I like to I like to go live on a Tuesday. Um, in my market, it's it's not called um, a pre-listing. It's not called a coming soon. It's called active no showing. So I put it up on the MLS as active no showing, which means they can see it and they can see all the pictures and they know it's coming. So it's almost like a coming soon. It's like a announcement that this is coming. But then I set the appointments to start opening up on a Friday, so it gives people a chance who are who are planning to to see a property. Over the weekend, they usually start booking on Wednesdays and Thursdays, because if you wait till Friday to book a, a showing for Saturday, sometimes it's not available. So I want to give people plenty of time to book for the weekend. And then at that point, I know in this market that we're going to have a bunch of showings over the weekend and we should be able to make our decision by Tuesday um, because we should have some multiple offers come in. So this uh, this. This property had 46 showings between Friday and Monday, okay? Out of those 46 showings, we had 16 offers, okay? So that's my crazy market still here in Pennsylvania. Um, and so I will tell you that out of those 16 offers, one agent called me, one. And guess what? That agent was my favorite because, and I wanted to help that agent get into this property and without saying, uh, you know, with only giving as much information I could and, and not, you know, not giving them the hard, fast numbers to kind of stay by the rules and keep it fair for everyone playing the game. He called me multiple times. We really want this house, Tara, what do we need to do? And so I gave him little hints as much as I could, you know, that's allowed. And I was, um, unfortunately, we had a cash offer come in at the very last minute, like literally three minutes before the deadline uh, Monday night um, with a with a full cash offer. And so I was able to, which was lower than this guy's offer, but my sellers wanted me to go and counter offer the cash offer to bring them up past where this poor guy was. But man, was he earnest. And he's he built a relationship with me. So now in the future, like, I can't wait to do a deal with him. I know he works hard for his buyers. I know that he's, you know, he's shown me as a listing agent that he's like doing everything he can to get his buyers into a house. So it really does work. The strategy does work to call. 
pick up the phone. I know I heard on so many, I'm, you know, I'm an accountability call leader in the morning. So I I interact with a lot of agents um, on a daily basis and a weekly basis all across the country. And one of the things I hear all the time that blows my mind is that, oh, I'm afraid to call. I'm afraid to, afraid to pick up the phone and call. And it's like, that is your job. (laughs) Call, 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 call on behalf of your clients, pick up the phone, get, you know, we're in a world where it's so easy to email and to text, but it's that relationship that is going to get you further ahead. Um, It's just picking up the phone and building, building that rapport with, with clients and with um, other, other agents as well. So I highly, highly encourage that. All right. We have five more minutes and we have three agents. Any of you have any questions? Hey, I will um, give some input on what you're talking about because it yeah. definitely does make a difference. I've always, I've been from, from the servicing world. So I've always been the seller working for the bank. But when they're, they came, we go back with multiple offers. It does make a difference when you can have your agent, the listing agent, say they've been in contact with the buyer's agent and they know they, they have their lending all lined up. They have a, uh, They've spoken with them. Um, the relationships make a huge difference because if you have a, a responsive buyer and you have two offers with the same amount, it, it, you've given your highest best, they both happen to come up to the same amount, then you're going to go with the person you know is going to be the person that's going to close and follow through. Because if you have someone who's not responding, that means anything could come up, they could delay closing, they could come up at the last minute and ask for an extension because they just hadn't gotten their ducks in a row. So I've seen relationships work great. And and even with listing agents, when you can, you're the person who's going to reach out to that lender or, you know, and find out the information that you need. Um, it, it's, it's definitely helped a lot of, of offers come through a hundred. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so if it boils down, Lisa, you're so right. And this is a point I should have made. If your offer is exactly the same as another listing agent's offer, um, or I'm sorry, a buyer agent offer, if you have the same price point, you've both offered to pay the transfer tax, you've both offered to, um, you know, forgo having inspections, you both have really uh, good quality local lenders, everything lines up. It's exactly the same. If you're the one making the call and you're the one saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm Lisa, I'm representing my buyer. I wanted to introduce myself. How are things looking? Is there anything we can offer to the seller beyond what we've already put on paper? Yep. Who is going to get the, who's going to get the win, right? The person that calls is going to get the win. And I was in REO. So, you know, there were, uh, it was a little bit different, but with bank owned, you I saw 30, 40 offers sometimes. So you you definitely rise to the top, but when you get down to that last couple of people and there's a term that the other person might be a little bit lower, but you're right. They, there's been things that have been accepted before because of what buyers did or did not ask for. Completely true. And, and also you might be the agent with the number two offer where... Mm-hmm you're clearly like the other offer is higher than you, but you've built that relationship that that listing agent might counter to you might suggest the seller let's counter with the number two, see if they'll come up to the price because I know this agent's going to be great to work with. She's been on top of it. He's been on top of it. He's been calling me. She's been calling me. So it's, 
it works in so many different ways to just like have that rapport. And if you don't win at that time, like with, with the guy that was calling me on this last listing that I had, like, I unfortunately couldn't get him the deal. It, it, it just so happens, but I will remember that guy yeah. and I will, when I see him on, and when he has a listing or if he comes to another one of my listings, I'm instantly going to have that rapport with him. Like, Oh my gosh, maybe this time we can do a deal together. And, and it's like, you're building for your future, not just in the moment as well. So yeah, super, yeah. to the lender point you brought up was another huge one. Um, if the buyers who aren't being as responsive, don't have their lender lined up, they could take another two weeks to close because they haven't been in communication with their lender. That's been a big one with sellers is knowing that the lenders lined up and they have, we can close in in 30 days. We've done everything we need to do. We just got to go through underwriting. Totally. And if you're a listing agent who's doing their due diligence, I mean, for your your seller, you want to make sure before you accept an offer that that lender is is solid. So you're going to make that call to the lender. So if you're doing the strategy that I just showed you today, you're saving the listing agent a step because they're actually getting the call from the lender instead of having to make the call to the lender to make sure that they're solid. So it just takes it takes a little bit of work off their plate as well. Oh, yeah, because lenders can say, I've got 35 loans to look at. What makes you yeah. so special? So it's exactly. a process. Yeah, exactly. everything you said is is exactly right. And I've heard on many calls where the XP agents are starting to build those relationships with buyer, with either the buyer's agent or the seller's agent, whichever side they're on, it's done nothing but help. Yes, actually, yes. So guys, I hope this strategy is helpful. If you need the slides, Lisa, I can send you, I have them in a PDF format. If you provide slides, um, if anybody needs a reminder, I'm happy to send those out um, for you. And I think that's it. I think we're at the half hour. So thanks everyone who was here, even though I didn't see your faces and you didn't ask me any questions. I still appreciate you being here. You're so welcome. Um, And uh, we'll see you next time on Agent Power Huddle. So have a great day, everybody. Go kick some real estate butt. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.